Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. You can also find the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Today I'm being joined by my good friend Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet and uh, also a writer for the NHLPA. Dave, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you doing, Mike? Doing okay. Surviving, I guess, the best I can without sports, considering that sports is my whole life. Uh, today was pretty cool. I got to get on to uh, Overdrive and chat with the boys really quickly. But other than that, not much of nothing. A lot of Netflix. What about you? What have you been doing to pass the time? Well, fortunately, working in digital, I get the opportunity to still do, do some sort of sports work. Um, other than that, just, God, there's not much you can really do. I was going to a self-service uh, driving golf play, like a dr- uh, driving range, so I could actually practice my golf game a little bit and not have other people around me because it's a very very small place, like only three people at a time. Other than that, just just trying to do what uh, everyone else is doing and self quarantine a little bit when possible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, staying inside, staying safe is the biggest and best way that. We're going to try and beat this thing and uh, get back to life as we know it and get back to sports, man. Like, I'm getting so bored. Like, there's nothing going on. Um, We do have some new updates for you in regards to COVID-19 and the sports world. Uh, So we will share those with you. Um, So first and foremost, I think the biggest news of the day, the fact that the Olympic Games look like they're going to be postponed. IOC uh, committee member Dick Pound came out and said today that he wouldn't be surprised um, and he said that it will be postponed. He fully expects it to, to be postponed, so it'll be announced sometime soon, which really isn't that surprising after Canada pulled out yesterday with others probably were soon to follow, including, I would assume, the Americans, whose numbers just seem to keep skyrocketing. Um, did you expect the Olympic Games to to kind of get put on hold here? Like, I fully did, and I, I'm actually surprised it took this long for them to announce that they were going to be finally be postponed uh you know what like the thing is the ioc is such a different organization than what we have come to expect in terms of deciding to cancel and stuff i was surprised that you know considering the weekend they were pretty much on saying cancellation was not on the agenda but which i mean i didn't expect them to cancel i found it tough to really see whether they were going to postpone it just because you know there's so much money involved and people will say, oh, you can easily postpone it to next year. But I think, you know, for the athletes, there's a lot of obstacles you have to overcome. You know, all the training you've put in and the money you've put into your training. But I'm not surprised that, you know, other people are forcing the issue rather than leaving it to the IOC to make the decision. Yeah, and I mean, Canada pulling out was probably going to be the the nail in the coffin there because once Canada did it you knew a bunch of other countries were going to follow suit um and I I, as well I you know I feel for the athletes who kind of worked their entire lives for this moment but you know it's unfortunate that these kind of hard-hitting things this this reality of what today is 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 hurting a lot of people right now both financially and you know career-wise um and it's just it's unfortunate that these athletes uh, aren't going to be able to compete, but I can't believe that not even about a week ago, the Olympic president came out and said, uh, it was maybe a little bit more than a week ago, came out and said, no, we still plan on going. 
forward with the Olympic Games. We encourage all of our athletes to go out and keep training and keep competing uh, and getting ready for the upcoming games. And that just seemed like so nearsighted to me because everything around in not just the sports world, but everything around the rest of the world has been shutting down. And you're trying to tell these athletes, yeah, keep going competing, yet they're literally being isolated to their homes where they're not able to compete and they're not able to train unless they have, you know, some sort of uh, gym inside their home. But like if you're a gymnastics guy, how are you going to compete? It's not like I'm sure you don't have, uh, you know, the rings set up in your basement or you don't have one of those like a beam set up in your basement so you can practice. I don't know. It just kind of seemed like it was it was inevitable. There was no way that the Olympics were going to happen once, you know, everyone started going on to going into lockdown and everyone started isolating themselves uh, really worldwide. Um, a couple other big things kind of getting on the chopping block due to the COVID-19. Um, the CHL canceled their playoffs and the Memorial Cup, so their league... The Junior League is effectively over. Uh, it's the first time in 102 years that there'll be no Canadian Junior League. Best on best tournament. Uh, this one, I guess, hits home a lot more for for Canadians and for hockey fans. Just because the Memorial Cup is it's a great week in hockey. Uh, and I love watching the Mem Cup. And it's really a good chance to get a, a good introduction, much like the World Juniors, into the potential draft-eligible players. Um, and we're not going to see that this year, you know, the, the, the Mem Cup, and I feel bad for the people of Kelowna who were really excited, who wanted to host it. Uh, they, they put together a pretty good team, Ottawa too, putting together a, a fantastic team and the year just ending like that, you know, a lot of these players, these overage players, this was their last kick at the can guys like, uh, Joseph Gareffa with, uh, um, Ottawa. And now it's all over They're They're not going to play again. And, and, Gareffa, I don't know if he's going to end up getting an opportunity in the pro ranks, whether it's in the ECHL, AHL, NHL, whatever it is. You know, he's been passed over a few times in the draft, and this could be the end for him, and it ends like this. You know, not in a playoff race or in a championship game. It ends due to the coronavirus, and that's got to be gut-wrenching if you're an overager uh, who is hoping to go on a deep playoff run this year. The, the couple things here about the Memorial Cup, one being... It has never been canceled in 102 years. Like, yeah. that is significant. I mean, you, you mentioned all the guys that, you know, we're going to use the Memorial Cup as a way to showcase themselves, you know, going into the, uh, you know, bottom for the NHL draft. A big one for me, too, is teams that purposely give up a lot of assets to make, you know, to bolster their team. For the Memorial for Cup sure. or a playoff run for all that matter. Like you look at Peterborough, you look at Ottawa, you mentioned them. Like there's a lot of teams that, you know, make it a point to, you know, okay, this is our year for the Memorial Cup and we're going to really push for it. And now, you know, most, most of these players, if they don't get drafted, you know, some of them will return. Some of them might not even be old enough. You know, they may be too old, overagers. And that impacts it too. And, you mentioned Kelowna. We know how how deep their roots are in uh, junior hockey. I think they're one of the, if not one of the top, uh, in terms of producing NHL players. Uh, you, you look at how many have come out of Kelowna, but it. I think this one really hits home when you really consider how, you know, how important this tournament is. Um, some people might not agree, but I think you know when you see a tournament like this get canceled, 
I think it really adds to the severity of, you know, what the other leagues are currently facing right now. And it's, it's super interesting because when you look at more so in the CHL than you do in the NHL, you talk about championship windows. For these junior hockey teams where players, you know, they can only play for a couple of seasons. And if you're really, if you have a couple of really good players, they may end up making the NHL, you know, the year after their draft year. So you have a really, really small window. Really, you get one, if you're lucky, two years out of a window. And you have to go all in on those one or two years. And then after that, you reload and you hope that four years, five years from now, you're ready to compete again. Like you only really get one or two seasons uh, to, to go for it. And for the teams that use this year to go for it, and now it's kind of ripped away from them, I'll be curious to see what ends up happening. Like they gave up, you know, really good young players or they gave up, you know, a bunch of draft picks. Like we saw Akil Thomas get traded for, what was it, 13 draft picks or something like that uh, this year? Or, or no, maybe it was last season actually. Jason Robertson got traded for 13 draft picks. But it just goes to show that, you know, draft picks get traded around so much in the junior leagues. Um, and it's crazy that it's all going to end for nothing. And it's they're not going to end up, A, getting even a playoff run. They're not going to make up any playoff revenue. They're not going to be able to, to go on a run here. They're not going to be able to go out there and try and win a Memorial Cup. Nothing. It's just over. And uh, it's it's it really sucks. It honestly does. And it's going to make the draft process really interesting, too, I think, when you don't get that best on best, not just in the CHL, but I know, you know, look at the NCAA. You don't get the March Madness. So now how, how are the NBA teams going to? Uh, gonna look at their prospects for the draft. The MLB, they're considering just scrapping this year's draft as a whole because they only got a week or two into the season before COVID-19 kind of took over. So it's it's really gonna be interesting to see how these teams um, and the fallout from COVID-19 and from this whole coronavirus uh, pandemic, not just financially, not just, um, you know, watching it, but for years down the road, how much this is going to affect the sports world. Um, speaking of the NHL, and this is probably the last, uh, the last quick topic that I'm going to update you guys on COVID-19. And then we're going to play a couple of games afterwards too. We're going to play name that leaf trivia where we both have five leafs and we're going to ask each other questions, see if we can get them. Then we're going to play some cosign, no sign. Uh, but before that, uh, quickly, I don't know if you saw, but the NHL apparently, this is a report from Darren Dreger. So there was a call with the board of governors today and apparently they're kind of on board and they really do want to finish out the season. That is a priority for the league this year. They're hoping to, at least, if you know everything gets settled down and they're able to, that is. Um, and it, it, playing into September is a real possibility if that's what it takes to finish out the 2019-2020 season. Um, and then they, they're thinking that they could start back up in mid-November. I question whether that's worth it. Why would you compromise two seasons now to get this done or you could just scrap this season and then not compromise the next year or are you more so in the camp where you just want to have the stanley cup uh, awarded no matter what no lot no matter how long it takes or how short in the offseason gets or or whatever you just believe that at the end of the season there needs to be a new cup champion i i honestly think that you know I understand why the NHL is trying really hard to salvage the season because as we talked about the junior teams, there are NHL teams that made moves to try to give themselves a chance for this season. And my, my rationale, I guess for all this is that 
I, I and I think the NHL has also made it clear they don't want to impact next season. I totally agree with that. I think you know the last thing you want to do is do, put yourself in a position where the players will kind of speak out to the plan because you got to have everyone on board. Like the player, really, I know the league has you know obligations broadcast wise, marketing wise that they have to sort out, but the players also have to understanding like this is not a normal situation and you know maybe this is a kind of a, a sign of that down the road you got to think of ways you can avoid these and that you have a contingency plan in place that okay if by a certain point we can't play we got to figure out an alternative i've heard all the ways they could change the playoffs and if you talk about starting to change the playoffs is the season really worth saving if you're just trying so hard to give a Stanley Cup champion when it's just going to look so different in everybody else's eyes. Like, if you do a best of three, a best of five even, like, it's going to look totally different than any other champion in recent memory. And obviously, you know, we've had any you know, lockout-shortened seasons, but they still managed to do full playoffs. And I think that is the one that's getting the most debate right now is how do you at least not lose out on the playoffs? Right, because the playoffs is where you bring in all that revenue, and you know you don't want to lose that. That's that's the bread and butter. That's why you play the game is for that two month playoff chase for the cup. That's you know the integrity of the cup is because how hard and how much of a journey it is to get there. And if you kind of shorten it in half, and you only make it like a best of three or a best of five for the first couple of rounds, you know did you really put in as much work as? as last season's cup cup champions like did you put in as much work as the blues or did you put in as much work as as boston the year before you know what i mean like it's it's going to be interesting to see how things kind of shake out um but certainly there's there's got to be a timeline at some point where they just decide whether or not okay we're going to keep going with the season or, you know what, we got to scrap this year. This went on longer than we had anticipated. And uh, if we keep it going and we try to play out the season and, and try and have a full Stanley Cup finals, a uh, whole Stanley Cup playoffs, it's going to jeopardize next year as well. And we don't want to do that. So, unfortunately, I think at some point they're going to have to to kind of put a, a drop-dead date and set a date for when they have to make that decision. Uh, all right, let's take a break here, and then we'll come back, and, and we'll have some fun. We're going to play a couple of games, name that leaf, and then we'll also play some cosine and no sign, and we'll do that on the other side. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike Giuseppe with you. Alongside me tonight is Dave Morissuti. Dave, what's going on? Are you ready for some name that leaf? I am. I, I hope that we don't have the same players, because that yeah, was... Well, Right, and we couldn't we couldn't ask each other that either because well you didn't want to tip anyone off and have have either of us doing some homework right like it's trivia we gotta just hopefully we have this information stored up in our heads so hopefully we may have the same players but I doubt we'll have the same clues you know what I mean like I doubt we'll have the same question because yeah. that would be that would be freaky if we're both literally on the same wavelength and we're both thinking the same question for the same players because we did this what we 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 chose. Basically, from the lockout shortened season onward, right? That was those are the the players. Any player from that time span we can use. So that's that's quite a bit of players, especially when you consider how crap this team was at the early part of that uh, of those seasons and how much turnover there was with those teams. So there's a lot of players, which means there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of clues. Let's get to it. 
you're the guest. I'll let you go first. Hit me with the first question. All right. Um, this leaf was signed in 2017. Okay. Uh, okay. He did not play a full season. He played, you know, most of it with uh, back and forth between the Leafs and the Marlies. And then he was traded to the St. Louis Blues for Jordan Schmaltz. Traded for Jordan Schmaltz. That player is... Oh, what is his name? No, no. Oh, God. Uh... Was it Andres Borgman? You are correct. It was the Borgman. Yeah. The Borgman. Borgman. What, are the, what was his nickname again? The Borgbot? I'm trying to remember. I that. don't know. No idea. That guy was... He was... He, I, I remember he made the team out of camp. And I think he played like five or six games and then went down to the Marlies. Mm-hmm. And that was really it. And he never really got another opportunity with the with the Leafs again. It was kind of him and Rosen came in at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, Rosen's back with the Leafs now, but... Yeah, Borgman, uh, very insignificant player, but those are the fun players that we got to do for this because it's got to make you think. It does. All right, uh, this one's a little bit easier, I would say. Uh, number one for me to you, this former Leaf led the team with 52 points in 48 games in the 2012-13 lockout shortened season. So he had, sorry, he had 52 points. Yeah, in 48 games. So who led the who led the Leafs in the lockout year? Points. Well, I already know that only one lead really led the team in scoring on all most of his time here, and that was Mr. Philip Kessel. Phil the Thrill is the correct answer. <laughs> like I said, that one was easy. I started out you off with an easy one. The, the rest of them get a little tougher. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So my guy, so two of the guys I have on this list were included in the same trade. But I'm going to go with uh, this guy first. Um, so, uh, sorry, not including the same trade to Toronto, just so you can uh, get it. There, there's a part to this that so you'll understand. He signed a one-year deal with the Leafs in 2014. And okay. then he did not finish the season with the Leafs because this was the year that they tanked for Austin Matthews. And he was he ended up being traded to the Nashville Predators later that year after having twenty nine points in fifty seven games in twenty four the twenty fourteen fifteen season. And he was a forward. In twenty fourteen fifteen. Yeah. Okay, he got traded to Nashville, and that trade was that the trade that brought in. Oh, what trade was that? Let me think here. Uh, that was a trade where we got Spalling, wasn't it? No, that one was the Phil Kessel deal with Pittsburgh, I believe. No. For Spalling. So that was not it. I'll give you another clue. He is from Vancouver. Oh, Cody Franzen. So... <laughs> it's not Cody Franzen because he's a forward. Right. Okay. Hold on. Ask the question again. Okay. So he's a <laughs> forward. Terrible. Okay. So he was a forward. Okay. Signed yeah. with the Leafs in twenty. You know, in twenty fourteen. Yes. I'll tell you, he had an Italian last name. This might help. Okay. Ring a Mike Santarelli. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
there was something about the question that I didn't understand, and then okay, now I understand the question. Yeah. Okay. Mike Santarelli. He had a really good year the year before too in Vancouver, I recall. Uh, and then he was he couldn't him and Mason Raymond couldn't find deals. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and eventually the Leafs were like, all right, well we'll sign you pretty cheap, and he didn't turn out to have a, a terrific year, but I think. He did okay. Um, yeah, 29 points in 52 games. They ended up getting... What they get for him? What was the trade for? So, he they traded him and another piece, you know, another piece to the Predators for Brendan Leipzig. Ah, uh, first-round pick. Ole Okunen, and Ole Okunen, which they later yeah. traded to the Blues because he's like, I am not staying on a team that's <laughs> not competing for the Cup. Right, I do recall that deal. Okay, okay. All right. Cool. So I got that one correct after some more clarification on the question. All right, next one uh, for you. So that lockout-shortened team, who was the highest-scoring defenseman that season? Highest-scoring defenseman? I was going to say, because was it Cody Franzen? It was Cody Franzen. Okay. And I knew when I said, when I had a, when I guessed Cody Franzen, I was like, ah, he's probably going to get this now. And once I asked my next question, <laughs> I was going to say I was looking up Cody Franzen as one of the potential players to include. Well, I think Dion would have been the most logical choice, you know, Captain Dion back in the day. But uh, no, Cody Franzen, four goals, 25 assists for 29 points. And they ended up trading him that year and getting a, a first rounder for him, didn't they? They traded him and Santa, somebody else. And Santarelli to the Natural Predators. I tried Yeah, to... okay. So yeah, so the other piece was yeah. Cody Franzen. It was. Yes. Right. Okay. And then yeah, he went back to, to Nashville. Funny, both of our second question had to do with Cody yep. Franzen. <laughs> uh all right. What's your third one here? All right. So my guy also played in the lockout shortened year. Uh he missed a key goal, key chance in Game Seven against Boston to put the Leafs up five-one. Uh, so Nazem, Nazem Kadri, he got the fourth goal and just got the four. So not too long after Kadri scored, this guy had a breakaway, and he hit the post. Hmm, still haunts me to this day. Bozak? Nope. Uh, I'll give you another clue. He was then included in the trade for Jonathan Bernier. Okay, Bernier for a second-round pick, Ben Scrivens, and this player. Yes. (laughs) I can't remember the player. I can remember everybody else in that deal, but I can't remember the player. Um, Oh. Blank in here. He was actually, so I didn't realize this, he was acquired from the Columbus Blue Jackets for Jerry D'Amico. And he played mostly with the Marlies, then he came up with the Leafs, played that lockout short near, then he kind of lost out to the new wave of prospects. Uh, I give up. It's Matt Fratton. Matt Fratton. Wow. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Definitely one of... If you watch that game, a lot of Leafs fans who, like, vividly remember that game. I honestly forgot he was a thing. Like, I forgot Matt Fratton existed. Like, (laughs) he is a player who I haven't heard of in a long time. Yeah. Okay. 
next one for you. Greg McKegg, former Leafs, third-round pick of the Leafs, was traded in the summer of 2015. Who was he traded for? Well, this one's easy. This one's Mr. Zach Hyman, the hype drivetrain. <laughs> Clearly, my questions are not hard enough for you. You are getting them with ease. With ease. Uh, all right. What's your next one for me? All right. Also, steel. How big of a steal is that trade right it's, now? It Actually, that might have been Kyle Dubas's best trade as a Leafs executive. He was an assistant at the time. Yeah. But it was probably his best deal, I think. Massive, massive trade. All right, next one for you. All right, so this one's a bit of a throwback in that he did not make his debut for the Leafs until 15 years after he was drafted by the team in 2000. He was the first round pick in 24th overall in the 2000 draft. He was then traded to the San Jose Sharks in the yes, trade for the Owen Miller. I believe is Brad Boys. There you go. I thought I'd throw you an easy one. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, why you got to do me like that? Just call me out right in front of right in, right in front of everybody. All right. Uh how about this one? Okay. This Maple Leafs player was the last goaltender to be drafted and developed by the team to start an NHL game. Drafted and developed to start an NHL game for the Leafs, the last one? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. The last one. Was it Kaskasul? Is that your final answer? Oh, I'm, I was flip-flopping between him and someone else, but I'm going to go with him. Incorrect. It is not Kaskasuo. Oh. Okay, you know what? He might have been signed, not drafted. Yeah, he was signed as a free agent, undrafted okay. free agent. Was it Garrett Sparks? It was Gary Sparks. That was actually one of my first thoughts, and I'm like, Kaskas I, I don't remember if he was drafted like late and then signed or if he was just signed outright. Okay, that makes sense. I thought when I first thought of this question, I was like, maybe he'll go Rhymer. Maybe he'll just forget that. You know, much like mostly fans who want to just forget that Garrett Sparks was a thing. Oh, no, I remember just go Gar- straight to Rhymer. I remember Garrett Sparks is a thing, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the next one for you? All right. I think this is the last one, right? Yeah, last one for me. Yeah. All right. So this guy was used in the trade to the Washington Capitals to land the Leafs three pieces. So in this trade, the Leafs got Brooks Lake, Connor Carrick, and a second round pick which ended up to being Carl Grunstrom. So this Leaf was traded to the Washington Capitals after signing a one-year deal with the Leafs. And this was in if 2016. Not, if I'm not mistaken, the answer to that question is Roman Polak. Final answer? Yes. Uh, that is incorrect because Roman Polak was traded to the San Jose Sharks. Oh, that's right. He, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, it wasn't Roman Polak. Uh, who's the other guy who was signed like 16 times like Roman Polak? Hold on, I got this. I got this. Oh, what is his name? He was a forward, by the way, just so you... I know, I know, I know. Not spalling, because he came over in the Polak deal. Wow, I'm going to hate myself. It's on the tip of my tongue. I know exactly who it is. 
because he also they traded him like the next year to Pittsburgh as well. Uh, he so I'm gonna double check here. Yes, so he was he was also yeah. So you know I know the yeah. player. I just can't think of his name. <laughs> I'll I'll say this. Uh, he also signed with Minnesota. Oh, what is his name? I can't think of his name. It's on the tip of my tongue. I just can't think of it. But I know who the player is. It, this one, like, a lot of people probably would not remember. It was uh, Daniel Winnick. Daniel Winnick. That's it. Yeah, I couldn't think of his name. I knew who it was. Because like, remember, he signed here. They traded him, signed back, and then they traded him the following year again. Yeah. Same thing that happened to Roman Polak. So that's why I said Polak. And I was like, oh, no, it was the other guy. And I couldn't remember his name, but I knew that that had happened. Funny thing is, he they got a better return the second time they traded him. Like the, yeah, they got like two second round picks or something like that well, out of him, like, didn't they? Like the first time they traded him for Zach Sill and a fourth and like round a fourth. pick and a 2016 second round pick. Then the following year, they got Brooks like Connor Carrick, and Carl Grundstrom. All that for Daniel Winnick. Like, yeah, that made no sense. Unreal. All right. Last one for me. This Leafs player scored goals in back-to-back games to start his NHL career. Oh, back-to-back games. To start his career. Oh, this is a tongue twister because, like, it could be so many guys. There are not many that have done it. I'm going to ch- go with Austin Matthews just because I feel like it's an obvious but not so obvious one. No, it didn't. Like, Austin Matthews, weirdly, remember he, like, scored four goals his first game and then went, like, quite a while without scoring. I think he went, like, 13 games after that without scoring, and then he finally got going yeah he was like he had uh he had his back you know back and forth sprout spout yeah yeah super okay, weird so it's not matheson dean it's our not austin matthews i don't want to know matheson dean give you a hint okay if i'm not mistaken let me just double check this if i'm not mistaken those were the only two games that he actually played that year so he got called up, scored two goals back-to-back games, oh, and then I, got sent back down. Oh, my God. I think I actually know who you're talking about. You better. That was a pretty good clue. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, was it Justin Hall? It was Justin Hall. I remember that. I, I remember watching it was against the Islanders and I think the Rangers. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he did something Austin Matthews could never do: score for two goals in his first career, two career NHL games. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So Justin Hall is a weird piece of trivia answer for that, but Justin Hall is the correct answer. All right, that was fun. That was fun. fun. Uh, I clearly needed a little more help than you did. You had to give me a couple of clues along the way. I think I only had to give you a couple of clues only for like one or two of them. So. You did much better than me in Name That Leaf, but uh, we'll take a quick break, and then coming up on the other side, we'll quickly get to some cosine and no sign. 
All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Lease Podcast. Mike DiStefano here alongside me is Dave Morissuti. Uh, let's get to some cosine, no sign quickly. You went first for name that leaf, so I will go first where, uh, for cosine, no sign. Uh, number one, which we kind of talked about earlier, but I want to get a definitive answer from you. We will have a new Stanley Cup champion this season. Cosine, no sign. Ooh, I'm going to go cosine just because I think they're going to try really hard to at least get the playoffs. And I think they realize the regular season might be tougher to fit in, but I think they will figure out a way to get the playoffs going. All right. All right. Your turn. Yeah. So mine is uh, the NHL salary cap will not go down this year. So it will either stay the same way or go up. That is an interesting predicament that the NHL is going to be in next year, isn't it? Because they 100% are going to be losing revenue. Oh, yeah. So this comes down to, you know, like with the revenue split supposed to be 50-50, can you really risk taking it down? Like how are teams, like teams already this season were up against it. What about if you go into next season and it goes down? Like how a lot of teams are going to be absolutely screwed. The Leafs mainly are yep. going to be absolutely screwed if that happens. So I'm gonna I'm gonna no sign it. I think the the league's gonna take a bit of a hit, and I think what they end up doing is when they gave up those projections a few weeks ago at the at the GM meetings. I believe uh, it was what eighty four and a half million dollars on the low end. I think that they'll just tell leagues, look, we're gonna go forward next year. $84.5 million, I guess we're taking a hit. Um, the league is going to take a hit, uh, and, and that's kind of how it's going to have to finish up because there's no way. I don't even think they can do it. Like, I, I just, honestly, or maybe next season what they do is uh, they give themselves uh, like a designated roster slot where, sure, maybe they do bring it down, but then they're, every team will get a, a, a roster slot, kind of like in... Uh, the MLS, where they have a designated player, which doesn't count against their cap. Maybe that's a way to get around the cap troubles that teams are inevitably going to have next year if they decide to to lower the cap or if they end up having to have to lower the cap. Let's just hope it doesn't come to that, though. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to no-sign it and hope it doesn't and that it at least either stays the same or goes up very incremental just to save face. That'll be interesting, though. That'll be really interesting. Uh, all right, I got one for you. Uh, if the season doesn't continue and it ends like this, this will affect Alex Ovechkin's shot at catching Gretzky in the all-time goal-scoring race. Gretzky, 894. Ovi currently has 706. Does this impact those chances? I'm going to say cosine because... In a case like this, any amount of games he could have or would have had would have been important. Part of the reason why I was skeptical is because, you know, now, you know, he's kind of got the time off. You know, hopefully he's, you know, resting up. But, you know, you, how do you make up the games lost? Like that, for a, a goal scorer, you know, you want as many opportunities as possible. And it's not like he's, like, he'd be. It, any chance of him getting to that record would have been really, really close. Like, he would have been pushing himself to get there. So, I, as much as I would like to see Ovi do it, because I love the way 
He plays. He's a phenomenal goal scorer. I just can't can't see how you make up the time lost. Yeah, but at the same time, if you thought that he was going to do it, do you think you know having 20 less games is is going to be the factor? Like I feel like within if, if he's only, you know, like six or like in the next 20 games, how many goals would he have scored? Maybe let's say uh tw- 11 goals in the next 20 games, maybe. I would say that's probably on average for what he what he would score, 11 goals per 20 games. Um and if that's the case, what he might just come back for another year just to beat the record. Like if it comes down to it where he's 11 or 10 shy when whatever year uh, he's closing in on it and, and it ends, I think he comes back the next year, beats it, and then that's his final season. So uh, I don't think it's going to have an effect unless you're of the camp that believes that he's not going to get close to the record and he'll finish, you know, 40, 45 goals shy. In that case, he probably won't come back for a victory lap to try and get it. Uh, all right, last one for you. All right, last one for me. Um, I guess I was thinking about doing the Leaf one, but I think an NHL one would uh, work out. Actually, this is your second one, right? Yeah, my second one. Yeah, actually, oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. All right, so my second one is um, Kale McCarr will not win the Calder Trophy. So I'm thinking somebody else other than Kale McCarr will win the Calder Trophy if the season um, – is cut short cosign i'm giving it to quinn hughes i think that kid is absolutely unbelievable uh kill mccarr he's a he's a great player uh but i think that injury slowed him down a little bit and allowed hughes to catch up to him so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with hughes because he also towards the end of the season was really really cooking up and he, he's what is he about five or six points up on mccarr in the in the call race i know he's got games in hand because of that injury but i still think uh quinn hughes like bringing that team into a playoff spot has got to count for something so i'm gonna i'm gonna co-sign it and say he doesn't get it and it goes to quinn hughes all right third one uh for me last one austin matthews will not surpass rick vive for the leafs all-time goal record ever ever because this well it seemed like this year was going to be is his opportunity to do it will he get another opportunity to do it or do you think this was his best chance to top 54 goals? Ooh, um, I'm going to say no sign because I still think – I thought he was going to get at least 60 this year based on the way he was going. And then, you know, he kind of fell off a little bit. But I'm going to I'm gonna say no sign because I just think, like, the Leafs are going to have he's, – he's still young. He still has a lot of opportunity to do. I still think he's going to get better, which some people might argue that, you know, I think just with his age, he's just going to get better. He can, he can, I think he'll do it. It's going to be tough, but I think even if he just gets it by one goal, I think it's still going to be possible. All right. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to no sign it too. I think he proved this year that he's a goal scoring machine. As long as he can stay healthy. I think uh, if he can stay healthy in a season, I think he can score between fifty-five to sixty with ease. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna no sign as well. All right, last one for you, and we gotta be quick. I'm gonna get a couple more minutes here. All right, uh, the Leafs consider trading Mitch Marner this off season. No sign. <laughs> You're not well, a believer of uh, those theories. Yeah. Uh, here's a okay. Hold on. <laughs> It depends on what happens with the cap. If they end up having, if they do be like, listen, this is a 50-50 revenue split, 
just, you know, that's that's what's in the CBA. That's how we have to do things. Then, and it ends up going down to like 78, 77 million just because of what happened this year in the shortened season. Uh, yeah, I could totally see them having to move him. Do they want to? No, but, you know, I don't see them moving Nylander considering how well he played this year and the bargain contract he's on. Uh, Tavares, I don't know if any teams can be willing to take on that contract uh, for the next, what's he got, six more, seven, five more years after this. You know, I don't think they're going to move um, Matthews. So I think they could look into it. I don't think they will. I think, yeah, I agree. It would be tough to yeah. consider that. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Uh, really appreciate you coming on and, and uh, chatting some hockey today, especially in these tough times. It's good to kind of get our mind off it a little bit and have some fun and talk some Leafs. Well, thank you for uh, inviting me to come on. Of course, and that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On Leaf Podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. And if you're still looking for some new podcast content, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast. Many Locked On hosts collaborating to provide a top-notch podcast each and every day discussing the latest and most new newsworthy items of the NHL day. All right, I'll be back with you tomorrow. And in the meantime, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.